Welcome to Sand Pebbles. The purpose of this series is to make philosophy accessible and understandable to the working public. Que é veritas? What is truth? The classical question asked by Pontius Pilate as he washed his hands of the crucifixion has been a question asked by philosophers for the entire history of philosophy with almost no success in answering. The answer to the question seems to involve basically three elements, consciousness, reality, and the relationship between consciousness and reality. In theory, if something in our consciousness directly correlates with something in reality, it is true. Seems simple enough, but it doesn't seem to work in practice. The reality element of it is straightforward. It's pretty much undisputable that reality does not care about truth or falsehood. It is what it is. If a car is orange, saying that the car is orange and saying that it's true that the car is orange are the same thing. Adding the words, it is true, to the statement the car is orange adds nothing to reality. In the same way, if the car isn't orange, saying that it is false that the car is orange is simply a long way of saying the car is not orange. The words, it is true and it is false, added to the reality of the car either being orange or not orange adds nothing. It's simply a waste of words. So the concept of truth seems to be a problem with either consciousness and or the relationship of consciousness to reality. The first problem in solving this question is that what is consciousness? We're even uh, less able to answer that question than we are the question of what is truth. We know I think, therefore I am, but that's about it. I know I'm conscious, but there's almost nothing else I know about consciousness. Amateur philosophers and amateur scientists who try to answer that question by saying that consciousness is a bunch of chemical reactions in the brain are simply putting the cart before the horse. The uh, electrochemical and chemical reactions in the brain are no different than they occur anywhere else in the universe. Why consciousness would or is occurring in that particular spot instead of any other spot just adds to the mystery. This question was brought to a head again in the 20th century by the development of quantum physics, which depends on concepts that seem to be fictions created by consciousness, not any type of reality outside of consciousness, such as molecules, photons, atoms, some atomic, what are called particles, but aren't really particles in the way that word is usually used. These particles are at the same time particles and waves, but they're not waves in anything. There is no ether out there in which these particles are creating a wave. They simply are waves and particles at the same time. And by particles, they're not something that exists in any particular spot at any particular time, but simply have a probability of being in this spot, perhaps at the same time of having a mathematical probability of another spot. They seem to be mathematical creations of consciousness that work in the real world. There is a famous argument between Albert Einstein and Niels Bohr, one of the founders of quantum mechanics, in which Mr. Einstein asked him, do you really believe that the moon does not exist unless you're perceiving it? And Mr. Bohr's answer was, well, there's no way to prove whether or not it does or does not exist unless I'm perceiving it. And that seems to be the situation with consciousness. We know we're conscious. We know consciousness exists. But in terms of rational proof of anything existing outside of that consciousness, it's an open question. So thus, and again, we're dealing with reason. I'll get into later as to whether it's possible to redefine reason by, for example, as discussed in the prologue, eliminating the principle of non-contradiction. So you throw into this mixture the question of relationship between consciousness and reality. It just gets worse.
What is the nature of that relationship? Philosophers through the ages have come up with a spectrum of results that vary on one end for what's called empiricism or materialism that states there's a direct correlation between conscious thought and physical sensation. Every thought correlates to a physical sensation, relation, any physical sensation or reality. To the other end of the spectrum, which is called idealism or rationalism, a perfect idea or rationalism, which says that there is no reality except what exists in conscious thought. To be is to be perceived. The problem with the first, with empiricism or materialism, as we'll discuss in the next episode, is it doesn't seem to work in the real world. If you take away our concept of reality is based on conscious fictions created, best example of it being mathematics, that do not ex- seem to exist in reality. Physical sensation does not have the square root of two, does not have infinity, does not have complex, irrational numbers. All sorts of abstract concepts from the alphabet to zero were created by consciousness and are how we understand reality. If you take them away, reality essentially consists of nothing, nothingness, which is itself an abstract concept. The other end of the spectrum, the problem with idealism or rationalism is that it seems to unavoidably lead to the conclusion that reality only consists of the individual consciousness. If all you have is the fictions created by conscious and to exist is to be perceived, then there really is no rational reason to believe that anything else exists other than my individual consciousness. This is a conclusion called solipsism. And really the only way around it, if you want to be consistent with it, and again, as philosophers here, we can't reject something simply because it doesn't seem to make common sense. The only way to be consistent with this solipsism or perfect idealism or rationalism is to accept the existence of a deity, of a god, who is the only other being other than you out there who keeps these uh, appearances going when you're not conscious of them. In the next episode, we'll get into the discuss empiricism or materialism and see how it fails to solve the issue of truth. In another episode, we'll discuss the other end of the spectrum, rationalism or idealism, and see how it helps or hinders the concept of truth.